brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Too Smart for This, a podcast dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others. I'm your host, Alexis Barber, and today is my 23rd birthday. So I am, yes, recording this on my birthday. I felt like that would be really cute. Honestly, I did a ton of self-reflection this week as well as into this weekend, and I am just really excited to talk to you guys about what I've learned over the past year to hopefully inspire you for and and you know take some of these learnings for yourself before I, you know, embark on another year of learning and growing and making mistakes and so the way that I want to structure this episode is to go through the different areas of life and tell you where I was a year ago, um, where I am today, and the lessons that helped me get there and that I learned along the way. So I'm going to go through a few different areas of life, my professional career, my influencer career, my financial life, my personal life, and my relationships, just to sort of show you the growth that I've had. And this is actually really exciting for me because I feel like where I was a year ago, like I really manifested where I am now. And like sort of the only thing I just don't have is the numbers that I had wanted on Instagram and TikTok. But the truth is I have, I've worked with almost every single brand that was on my vision board. I've accomplished many financial goals. I am officially signed with management and I have a really exciting, huge opportunity launching in the beginning of next year that I couldn't have imagined for myself a year ago, you know? So I really want to talk through how I've like really built the foundation for my dream life over the last year and talk you through the ups and the downs and the pain that helped me appreciate it. So let's get started with relationships and family dynamics. So December 7th, 2020, I was living at home in St. Louis, not at home, but in an apartment near my home. And I had been trying tirelessly to help my family get out of their financial situation, you know, get to a place where they could get into the same colleges, do the same things as me. And honestly, I had to face the very harsh realization that I could not fix my family's financial situation. I could not fix their personal issues, their chaos that they were dealing with. It was just not possible. And it's not possible for anyone to fix anyone else's life is what's most important for me to recognize there. I lost thousands of dollars. I lost so much time and energy just trying to get people to, you know, do things that they didn't want to do. And that was something that really hurt me because I just want people to have the same peace that I'm experiencing. But the truth is you cannot give peace to other people. They have to find it within themselves. So if you have frustrations or issues with your family and you want them to change, ask yourself, is it possible 
or am I expecting something from someone that I know that they cannot give me? And for a long time, I made the excuse that like, I know people are better than this. I know people can do more than this. But the truth is, you don't know anything and it's not your responsibility to change people's minds because it's not your life. It's their life. So for me, that was really hard for me because I feel like my, I feel like, for example, my siblings deciding not to go to certain schools really bothered me because I felt like I wanted to give them the same opportunities I had. But if they don't want those opportunities, it's not my responsibility to force them onto them. You know, it's really not. So I have to realize that my future is my future. My present is my present. My past is my past. And it's the same for everybody else. No one else is capable of giving me what I want. No one else is capable of changing the world for me. So I'm not going to change the world for other people because one, it's not possible. And two, it's not my responsibility. So relieve yourself, oldest daughters, of feeling like you are the savior of your family because it's not possible. It's really your life and you deserve to live it however you want without guilt and by giving in within your boundaries. So in terms of career, let's get into my professional career and where I was a year ago and where I am now and what I learned along the way. So a year ago, I was a few months into working as an associate product marketing manager at Google. Um, It's a very prestigious and coveted program, the APMM program, and I was a part of this team. I was working on YouTube ads um, and I for small businesses. And my intro to the work world was pretty normal. I mean, I was enjoying myself. I was having a great time working. I didn't have any real issues at the workplace until my content started taking off in April, May. And that is when I started feeling a little bit un- more unsafe in my like work environment, not like physically unsafe, but psychologically unsafe. And truthfully, so here's What I learned, like what I wish I knew in December 2020 is that you need to document literally everything. You need to keep track of things. You need to keep track of positive feedback, of negative feedback, et cetera. And I also wish I knew that the dream job was not going to fulfill me. That is something that I learned over the course of this year where I felt as though I had worked so hard to have like the number one coveted coolest job in the country with the best pay, the best company, whatever. And I thought that that was going to be enough to the point where literally when I got to my first day at work, my manager asked me, what do you want out of this? And I was shocked because I thought I was always going to be told what I would want out of jobs or what I was going to give or what I was going to do. And the truth is I needed to take a more bird's eye view approach to my career and start applying those things earlier rather than later because it's really not your job's responsibility to tell you where your career is going to go. You have to think about what you truly want. And if you don't know, then the answer to that question would have been, I want to figure out whether I like this and how I want to apply it to my long-term career goals. And I didn't have any of that concept, you know, attached to me. So I was really learning as I went. And some things I'm really glad that I did are that I did document everything for the most part. I sent weekly emails to my managers. I had great evidence anytime I was questioned about something that I could point to when I was working on any project. And I 
cultivated a side hustle outside of work that gave me a lot of joy and made me really excited and helped me learn about another industry that was up and coming and ultimately got me my second role at Google, which is at YouTube. So I think that um, I also wish that I knew in, in December 2020 that not everyone at work is your friend and that you really need to be very careful who you tell your business to. And I've preached about this before, but usually if someone is above you level-wise, it's best to keep your personal opinions about people at the company or the company itself to yourself, unless you're providing feedback and a solution that could help the business needs. So let me say that again. It is best for you to keep your opinions to yourself when speaking to people who are higher levels than you, unless you're delivering structured feedback with a solution that is crucial to business needs. Because otherwise, there is no point in you showing your emotions, showing how you care about things, what you do care about what you don't care about because it's really not going to change anything. It's just going to give people this idea that you are different in their eyes or that you're complaining or that you're entitled and you don't want that. So the two things I would say I wish I did back then were one, have a better outlook of what I wanted out of my career skills wise and long term. And two, was more was less trusting of people and more focused on, you know, myself and what I was doing in that career situation. So that was a little rambly, sorry, but career-wise, that's where we were. And now um, some things that I learned and that I'm glad that I did are one, kept going with my side hustle, even though it was questioned in the corporate world, because I knew that it was something not only just for me, but also something that was literally crucial to business needs long-term. I mean, The reason I'm so valuable in my new role at YouTube is that I am a creator, that I understand the creator economy, that I understand the creator ecosystem, and I can give people that color in a corporate environment, and it can be taken seriously because most people who work there are 40-year-old dudes who have never been a YouTuber or a TikToker and don't understand what it's like. So I can give really great, helpful feedback, and that is my superpower. So I'm really proud of myself for sticking with content creation, even though it was questioned from me and and that I, you know, succeeded in it. And I also took my career into my own hands. So I knew that I was interested in the creator economy about six months after I started working. So I got a 20% project or a side project at Google in the creator economy. I became connected to people. I learned more about the creator economy, had some excitement at work for the first time. And then I um, continued you know, taking on other projects in that area that people were interested in, made friends with other Googlers online. And my friend Maddie ended up ultimately helping me get this role where I am really happy, not just with the people I work with, but with the work that I actually get to do and the service I'm giving to creators. So it's a really, really exciting thing for me. And I'm very proud of the fact that I took the leap and left arguably the most prestigious, like, Come like program at Google, probably outside of the product management program. And I left that behind. I said, you know what? I think this is more important and I'm much happier. I have all the same benefits and perks and I'm doing something that I think is really serving people and also helping me learn. So take your career into your own hands, do some thinking and just know that things will come to you in time, but your first job and the dream job is not going to fulfill you. So that's professionally career-wise, and I guess that can transition well into my influencer content creation career and what I've learned. 
I just got to say, guys, this has been the steepest, craziest learning curve of my entire life and has taught me so much about an entire industry I barely knew existed, as well as so much about myself because when you're a creator and putting out personal content, personally, you're going to get criticized good or bad and there's so much you need to learn and realize from that and separating your worth from your content. So Something I really learned, you know, like I'll talk first about like the influencer industry itself and then I'll get into what my personal learnings from it. But the industry itself, here's a few things. One, consistency is key and that is the most annoying thing I've ever heard in my life. I hate that concept that consistency is key. I don't agree. I don't like it. But unfortunately, it is the truth because the days, I'm not kidding, the days when I posted shit just because I knew I needed to hit a certain quota or get to my goal of how often I wanted to post, those were the days that that content, whether I felt like it was good or bad or deserved to go viral or not, went viral. That's when I gained my most followers. The Friday Night Alone video I posted that has over 2 million views on TikTok and gained me over 20,000 followers, it was I had posted it right after I had a very frustrating conversation with my mom. It was leftover content that I had. I did the voiceover in one take. I was late to work. I posted it on the train and that and it was crazy. It was a crazy response that I was quite grateful for, but I only did it because it's in my habit to post one to two TikToks a day. You know, it's in my habit to film everything. And so that's why I'm saying consistency is key and I took forever to hit 10k followers on Instagram. I had 6,000 in October 2020 and it took me until October 2021 to hit 10,000. Now I'm at 13,000, but it's like that for me was like everything I had wanted was to get to that 10k and I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there, but I still worked. I kept posting. I kept being the best creator. I kept showing up as if I was someone who had 10,000 followers and that's what mattered. Okay. So I did the work I did. I was consistent and I'm getting the recognition that I deserve, even though it took a while. And another thing on my, what I learned at 22 list is slow growth is a blessing because it teaches you way more about your life, yourself, the industry, than if you were to go from zero to a million in a week. And I'm really grateful. I I wanted so badly in August, September, all I wanted was to blow up, was to blow up and have the millions of followers and get everything all at once. And I am so glad I didn't because now I know how to be really, really smart when I do blow up, which is inevitable. My success is inevitable. That's one of my mantras. My success is inevitable. You should try it because it is. Whatever I want is coming to me, 100%. It is. But I am so glad that I have the tools, the experience, and the ability to to process what's happening in this world and approach it in an intelligent way financially and brand-wise. So props to everyone. I think there's amazing creators out there and sometimes it just latches on and everyone loves it all at once. But I'm really excited to have like a long-term career in this space and cultivate a real community that I can actually communicate with on a daily basis as opposed to blowing up and no one really knowing anything about me. So within the industry, a few other you know logistical things is one, you need to charge double for exclusivity and for whitelisting because people are using your content to make money. So always charge more. The next is 
not not all money is good money. Say no to money. Say no to brands that you don't want to work with. Three, add in a reshoot fee into your contracts. Only include one reshoot. I had a brand where I had to do a reshoot because I posted the content incorrectly and they made me reshoot it four times. It is the worst. So add in those things. Protect yourself. Um, let me know if you want me to do a longer you know, episode of some sort about specific things in the influencer industry you want to know about. But those are some like tactical industry things. So I'll then move into these personal things that I that I realized um, over the course of being a content creator. In May of 2021, I had a video um, where I did a Zara haul and people started sort of bullying me saying that like they can't believe that I thought I was a medium at Zara. And I got over a million views on TikTok and a ton of really negative comments about my body. And I remember that that feeling of the bullying and the criticism of my body and the fact that I look stupid to these million plus people, that was really one of my lowest lows of 2021. And I'm honestly going to cry thinking about it, but I was so sad and so broken and hurt. And there were many moments like that over the course of this year where there was just someone in my DMs or some racist comment or even, you know, the way I blew up, which was literally from being bullied, that just made me sick, that made me feel so small and angry, that it would lead me to cry, that would really affect my mental health. And in one of the most recent episodes with Delara and a, a recent experience where I've had a video to blow up and go viral on YouTube Shorts, shout out YouTube Shorts, you should be posting if you're a creator, that is my job at YouTube is YouTube Shorts to do it. Where that went viral and the comments are like, there's not a positive one on there. Like it's, they're all negative. Like it's thousands and thousands of people just ripping me to shreds. And I literally can, I can literally say to you, I don't care because I literally don't care anymore. Like, and that is because I'm confident and secure in myself. And I know that whatever I want is coming to me. I know I have the best of intentions. When my intentions aren't perceived correctly, I will apologize for that. But the truth of the matter is I literally don't care. Like, I really don't. Unless it's someone that really matters to me that thinks that what I'm doing is weird or wrong, I actually can't. Like, I I don't care. And so something Delara said that helped me get to that place was that if you – we are looking for people to confirm our inner critic when we are posting things and getting negative comments, and that's why we flock to them and they start to hurt us so badly is because we actually kind of think that about ourselves. And the reason I've had such a, like so many of you all DM me being like, I love your podcast. I love your content. I love your Instagram, your TikTok. It's helped me so much. And I genuinely, until like this past month, I haven't really been able to ingest that fully. Like I haven't been able to process that what I'm doing is impactful, positive, and helpful because I still, at the end of the day, believe that it wasn't. And if you are responding to negativity or criticism in your life in a negative way, like I was like crying and being so upset that people would say things to me like that, that's because you genuinely aren't confident in what you are doing. And that's okay. It's just a redirection. It's just um, something to notice. And so when I noticed like, hey, I'm so frustrated with these negative comments because I think that being an influencer is vain and stupid sometimes. I think that being an influencer is is 
weird. Of course, anyone could do it. Like I worked so hard. I went to a top 10 college and work at the number one company in the world. I've worked so hard. I know what hard work is. I'm actually smart and I, and influencers aren't smart. Those are, those are still things that like were going through my mind sometimes and it, they weren't right. It doesn't mean that they were correct. It doesn't mean that they were true or factual whatsoever, but they were limiting beliefs and those limiting beliefs existed within me and that, and the way that they were manifesting was me being devastated when somebody pointed out that any of it could still be true, despite all the success that I had, despite all of the million, billion dollar brands that I'd worked with, despite all the money I had made, despite everything I had done, I still wasn't perfect for someone and everything about my influencing career wasn't perfect. Therefore, I must be stupid, wrong, out of control, shouldn't be making this, whatever. So that is something that I think anyone can apply to any part of their life. If you're getting bad criticism at work, Half the time, maybe it is bullying or a bad boss, but it also just might be because you know in your heart of hearts that you don't want to be there or that the work you're doing is not to the best of your ability, that you are not confident in those skills. And what I say to you there is after that, then when I started realizing that I was feeling I wasn't confident in my content, I had to pivot my content and feel a little bit better about everything I was posting. And And everything that I would post would have to have a purpose, would have to do something, whether it's just to inspire or just to share my life or just because I think it's funny. It had to be, I was confident that I posted it, you know? So I really feel like it's important for you to remember that when what in whatever world that you're taking it to and within that same vein you will always be villainized you will all someone will always be talking shit about you someone will always be jealous of you so do it anyway because guess what life is too damn short for you to care what random people think of you. And by the way, what they're thinking of you has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own perceived idea of the limitations around what you're doing. So someone talking shit about me when I was really trying hard to make it as an influencer on TikTok and had less than 5,000 followers, someone being like, oh my God, I can't believe Alexis is trying to do this influencer thing. Well, who's laughing now? I'm a signed influencer with a talent agent. I made almost $80,000 this year from content. Who's laughing now? I was confident in it. I was doing it. Someone will always be there to talk shit. What that person really was saying was they don't think that they could do it properly. They don't think that it's possible for anyone to just do it. They don't, like, they are talking about their own limiting beliefs. Everyone laughs until you're successful. Okay, so do what you want to do, because another thing I learned very recently within the last month is that life is really too short. I lost a friend, Jeff's roommate, in fact, who was 24, nicest person I've ever met in my entire life, was doing everything he wanted with his career, was working so hard, and he lost his life in a tragedy in a horrific situation that no one should ever have to live through that was completely avoidable. And it was just a reminder that combined with, you know, other deaths, other things close to us, combined with the death of Virgil Abloh, who was only 41, only 41. Do what you want and stop caring what other people think because it's absolutely irrelevant to your dreams and your goals. Like, I can't stress this enough. Like, 
come up with the systems, come up with the mantras, do the journaling, do the self-reflection, isolate yourself from people who don't care about you and go after what you want because life is too short to not. The only thing worse than failing is not trying. So please, I beg of you, don't let your time on this earth be filled with regret. Okay, that was a little serious for a little bit. Um, Had to be for a bit. Um, But yeah, the things, the mantras, the quotes in there are... One moment, one video, one post could change your life, so keep going. Gratitude always works to change a mood. So the little nuggets from this influencer section are your reaction to negativity shows your real confidence. Security equals not having a reaction. You'll always be villainized, so do it anyway. So a few more things that are written on my What I Learned in 22 list um, that aren't necessarily related to any of those buckets of like career influencing whatever, um, or family are the following. So one is you're not living if you're not learning. So you've got to self-reflect. There will always be problems. So you will always have to find peace and solutions within yourself. So I don't know why, but like I grew up in so much chaos that I was always rushing towards calm. So having conflict or negative feelings or feelings of being uncomfortable to me I was always searching to be like the most comfortable I could possibly be right but the truth is every single day you will run into an opportunity aka a problem that is going to challenge you in some way shape or form that's never going to go away and in fact that's actually what the beauty of life is is re-deciding how you are going to react to those things, seeing that it's the beauty in life that comes in those moments and understanding that like you are going to have to run into this forever. So develop a personality that can handle it. That's something I'm very new to realizing um, because to me, I've just always wanted to be so comfortable and fine, but nothing's ever going to be 100% fine. So you have to roll with the punches and be proud of yourself in the situations when you're reacting to the negatives and the issues that are happening in your life. In the same sort of, you know, area is to do things for the younger you. So I mentioned earlier about my family, how I always wanted to help them, you know, get things in order. And I realized that I was doing that for, for a younger version of me who didn't have that security as opposed to for them specifically, because I was really hoping that I could give them what I didn't have. And I then realized, you know, that's not really my job. And so I need to just do things for the younger me. So what would she want? What would she need? How can I help, you know, fix those wounds that are deep within me and make sure that they're not put on anyone else and have empathy for others who are also going through the same issues and fears? A few more things that I just want to share. Flexibility without structure is chaos. So here's the tea. I always feel like I need a lot of time. I need a lot of, you know, areas. I need a lot of basically just time and unstructured time to get into a creative mood. But that was also coupled with the fact that I'm also a micromanager and I like to get things done properly and have structure. So both of them felt like they were conflicting for me for a while until I realized this, which is flexibility without structure is chaos. You need to structure your day in your week so that you can create 
the flexibility that you so desire. So that sometimes means going shopping and meal prepping so that you don't have to think about food from 12 to 1 p.m. and 5 to 6 p.m. And at that time, you can eat and actually be able to spend your brain talking to somebody else or watching a TV show. So that structure created those that flexibility for you because you made time, you did something efficient that was going to help you long term and was going to help free up that brain space for you. Okay. So that is really what I mean when I say flexibility without structure is chaos, because then every single day of the week, you have to decide what you're going to eat every single day because you didn't plan it. That is chaos. So it's a really, really simple thing that for me, I just need to apply to every aspect of my life. And so something I did to prepare for this upcoming year is to schedule monthly content days, put on my calendar at least all of my appointments for the next year, make sure that I've set reminders for myself throughout the year for various things that I know I'll have to do. Like I had a gynecology appointment a month ago, therefore I'm going to have to go back in a year. So I put in my reminders for in September for me to go ahead and schedule that appointment with my doctor. You know, having that structure is what's going to create that flexibility for me because I know that I'm going to be able to get everything I need to get done, take care of my mind, my body, my job, and my side hustle by getting it all done, you know? Finally, something that I want to share with you is that boundaries often hurt more than letting something go. But just like shots, you have to be going through the pain in order to be healthy. By shots, I mean like the shots you get at the doctor, not like tequila shots, which are not healthy. But boundaries hurt more than letting it go. But in order to be healthy, you have to go through some pain. So for example, I've had issues with people in my family being racist. We'll just put it that way. And as much as it would have been easier to just pretend like I didn't notice or like I didn't care, I would have had to go through that those emotional Olympics of, you know, like, do they really care about me? Blah, 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 blah. So I just took it as for what it was. And although it was hard to let go of what I thought was support, I am proud of myself for being able to recognize those relationships for what they were give them the respect that they deserved and stop allowing access for them into my lives. And that hurt most days it did, but it also helped me be healthier. So I just want to leave you with that because it's a really important thing to know that like setting boundaries, sometimes you're like, why the hell did I set this boundary? Like, I just want to do this. But the truth is you got to do that because that is where you grow and that's where you start to accept that you will no longer accept less than what you deserve, which is complete respect for who you are as a human being. And when you set boundaries, you are telling yourself that you're worthy. And that's uncomfortable because if you're a woman in this world, you've been told that you're not worthy for your whole life, especially if you're a black woman. So just just be aware of that. It's like, Setting a boundary is a revolutionary act, truthfully. So those are my scattered thoughts for what I learned in 2021, what I learned in the year of 22, what I'm taking with me into my 23rd year of life, along with major excitement, a lot of calm, many structures and things that, and a foundation for the life that I really, really love for myself. And um, I want to say thank you so much for making this year the best year of my life. Thank you for all of your kind messages, all of your reviews, all of your support, all of your kindness, all of your 
absolutely incredible like selves just showing up and giving me the best questions to answer, reminding me that I'm doing something for this earth and I want you to know that you are doing the same thing, that you matter, that you have value here and that you deserve to have the best life that you always have wanted and dreamed of and no one can take that away from you. So I'm here to affirm it for you today and always. Um, But I do think this would be a good time to let you know that Too Smart for This is going on hiatus. For a good reason, there will still be plenty of content coming from me. I just have another opportunity in this space that I cannot pass up that I have to go with. And it means that I can no longer produce this show as of right now. I'm not closing the door to it. I'm going to reassess in March to see if I will have the bandwidth. It's purely a bandwidth issue to see if I will have the bandwidth to continue to create content for Too Smart for this. But I will be giving you an update as to what's happening in January. So please stay tuned for that. Um, In terms of other things, I think I'll continue to record a few solo episodes the rest of the month, but I am doing Vlogmas on my YouTube channel and on my TikTok account. So please follow there if you want more content from me, if you want more questions, if you want more of anything. I'm here for you. I'm here to share as much as I can. I want you to know that I've absolutely loved doing this podcast that has been one of my greatest joys and my greatest accomplishments to be able to create this content for you. I can't wait to do it on a greater scale um, and I can't wait for you to see what's coming in 2022. So love you very much and don't forget you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I really appreciate your support. So please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. It helps me out so much. If you like this, check me out on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber. And don't forget to follow the show at You Are Too Smart for This on Instagram. Have a fabulous day. And don't forget, you are too smart to not love yourself.